Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Experience it again. I remember the song by James Cleveland that, that, that says, even though it's rough right now, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where he's brought me from. Nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Turn with me, if you will, uh, to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, the 64th chapter. I'll be reading the first through the ninth verse, uh, the New International Version. Again, that is Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Hear ye the word of the Lord today. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when a fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways, but when we continue to sin against them, you were angry." How then can we be saved? All of us have become like the one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins keep or sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, For you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are all your people. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen. Pray with me, church. God, we honor you. We love you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We come before you today to feast in your word. Allow it to be something that we'll be able to take away. Allow your Holy Spirit to work in the message, the messenger, and those who hear the message. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, Don't have a fancy title today. 
for my sermon. It's simply frustration. Frustration. We all have moments where we struggle with frustration sometimes. Uh, Frustration happens when things don't go the way we hope. Uh, when they don't come to us in a quick and efficient way, when our patience gets low and our hopes and wants are left unattended. Frustration is usually something external. It's an environment. It's a condition that frustrates you. Sometimes it's things that are out of your control. Like this pandemic, our Hurricane Harvey repairs that still need to be done years after the hurricane has come and gone, or injustice in our government, frustration over not getting well soon enough from a sickness, or not getting out of debt as fast as you want. Frustration can come over little things. It can come over big things. It can be short-term. It can be long-term. Frustration can build up over time. It can be minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years. People felt frustration and many other emotions during the time of Isaiah's writing. This book was written during what scholars called the exilic period. Isaiah was written after the land had been conquered by the Babylonians, uh, but before they were able to rebuild the temple. A people were separated from their land, separated from friends and families, living life on terms that they were not used to and did not like. And it was written somewhere between 586 and 515 uh, uh, BCE Common Era, and Babylon had taken over Israel, destroyed the cities, and destroyed the major temple. People were removed from their homelands, and they were not allowed to worship at the temple. The people of God were desperate, and they had lost the building they worshiped in and were separated from their loved ones for decades. We may not have been separated for years, but we're going on many months, months of having to talk to loved ones in nursing homes through windows, months of people passing away in hospital rooms by themselves, months of people calling this a hoax, months of people losing their job and holiday and travel plans being altered or canceled, months of people trying to figure out new technologies, months of people trying to homeschool their children or being nervous every time you drop them off for school and pick them up. Months of churches not having face-to-face worship. And those that have had face-to-face worship having to take breaks in face-to-face worship because somebody in the congregation tested positive or multiple people in the congregation tested positive for COVID-19. The frustration may not, also, may not be all because of the pandemic, Because lives are still changing during this time and the pandemic is making things more complicated. 
Families have changed over these months. Homes don't look the same. People who used to be in that home are not anymore. Or you may have started off in March with one living arrangement, but now more people are in the house than you signed up for. Jobs have changed for those who still have them. Uh, schools have changed. Billy catches a cold. You better not bring little Billy back to school unless you have a note from the doctor saying he doesn't have COVID. Elective surgeries have changed. Simple things as ordering food from a restaurant has changed. Some people feel frustration because they can look at a situation and they can look at the condition of the world around and they wonder, where is God? Has God decided to take a break while we all suffer? I don't see him around. I don't hear him when I ask, does he not see us out here repeatedly suffering? The prophet Isaiah felt that God was absent, not only absent, but absent intentionally, hiding from him and the people while they were suffering. Not only that, but the text says the people have sinned, missed the mark, fallen short of what God has called them to be and and not done what God has called them to do. It has gotten to the point that even the good things they have done are considered bad. Isaiah has asked God repeatedly to this point for God to show himself and show up, but God has not shown up. God is not doing what he wants him to do. And in these times, the people are hurting. They are frustrated, angry even. They are caught in some bad conditions, some external factors outside of their control, and the pain and the pressure are mounting up. The people of God have an entire nation against them. They don't see God, and they don't know what to do. They are caught in the middle of some trouble, and they can't even tell who all is hurting them. And now they don't even know whether they want freedom from their pain or just vindication against those who has hurt them. Time and time again, uh, their rebellion had gotten them in trouble. Or as my Old Testament professor would say, uh, Dr. Heller, you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. And so the Israelites, the people of God, are in trouble, and they need God. And Isaiah gives us some things to look for in this time during this Advent uh, lectionary reading of some things that we can do while we are frustrated. The first thing we can do is pray. Cry out to God. Give him a direct appeal. That's why he says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. He says these things. It's a direct appeal 
to God. Not only do you make a direct or appeal to God, you remember what God has done. It may feel like God is absent right now, but we have seen what God has done before and we can pray that God can do it again. Hold on to the other times where he made a way out of a no way. Hold on to the times where he was a doctor in the sick room. Hold on to the times when he was a lawyer in the courtroom. Hold on to the times when he was bread when you were hungry. Hold on to the times where he was water when you were thirsty. Hold on to the other times that he was a friend when you were friendless. And if you hold on to those times, he can be hope for the hopeless. Hold on to the other times that he delivered you from the enemy. God's presence is awesome and amazing. And when you have experienced it, you want to have it over and over again. You may be frustrated because you cannot feel the presence of God when you are missing it in times of trouble. You can call out to try to experience it again. I remember the song by James Cleveland that that, that says, even though it's rough right now, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where he's brought me from. Nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Isaiah is calling on the Lord. I need you. I have to have you. I can't live without you. So when you are in those frustrating times, cry out to the Lord. Uh, A direct appeal and that direct appeal is followed by a profession of faith. Uh, for verses four through five says since ancient times no one has heard no ear has perceived no eye has seen any God beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait you come to the help of those who gladly do right who remember your ways we got to call out to God during these times but we also have to stretch out our faith We have to work our faith out. We use faith all the time. It's hard to do sometimes in a religious context because we have become more and more secular, but I would argue that we exercise faith all the time. Uh, uh, Okay, let me prove it. We eat food we didn't grow. Vegetables and fruit that we have not grown ourselves. I know some of us have gardens, but we eat food we didn't grow and and meat we did not process. Uh, We buy them from a building we didn't build, nor did we ship that food to that grocery store. We drive a car on the road with other drivers we didn't train. We go to a doctor and take medicine we didn't make. We exercise faith all the time. Now we should do some time to exercise some faith that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We should exercise some faith that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We should exercise some faith that we are the head and not the tail. We should exercise some faith that I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but the one who, but Christ lives in me. Exercise our faith. Ah, yes, the, the text says that he'll meet those who gladly do right. Uh, they want the Lord, so you need to say so. Uh, then you need to act like it. 
Just because there are no seas splitting right now does not mean God has abandoned us. Uh, So there is a profession of faith. Cry out to the Lord and exercise your faith. And after there's a profession of faith, there is a confession of sin, an acknowledgement of God's anger. Isaiah is acknowledging that some of the mess they are in, there is a confession of sin. Uh, Some of the mess that is going on with them is their own fault. And I find it interesting when I read my Bible, uh, it, it says, the prophet says that God hid himself from them. And then, and then it says that because of the sin, uh, it says that because he hid from them, rather, they sinned. So God went away, and I'm going to do what I want. The sin is not my fault. It's God's fault. But when I read my Bible, I see over and over again, the people of God sinned <laughs> whether they thought God was around or not. God was right in their face sometimes, and they sinned. They could be on the, at the bottom of the mountain, and Moses goes up the mountain. Everybody give me your earrings. It's time to make a golden calf. Those things would happen whether God was in their face or absent. So we can't blame it on the fact that we can't feel God right now. Nobody is perfect, but time after time they missed the mark and overlooked their individual responsibilities. It seems that they are blaming God for their sins. As he talks about God not being there, Uh, like Isaiah, sometimes we get frustrated with our situations, but we have to acknowledge that we have contributed to some of our own problems. Some of them are our own fault, or maybe we did things to make matters worse. As believers, we need to take responsibility for our own actions. If we acknowledge God in our own actions, we can start to take steps to change our situation while we wait on God. Act like you can change a situation until God comes and changes it. I've been reading a lot of books, and one of them talks about a a solutions-based psychology therapy, and they ask this question in this solutions-based psychology, if you woke up tomorrow and all your problems were gone, how would you act? And how would you know all your problems were gone? And nine times out of ten, most of the answers that were given were things that they could change immediately until the situation got better. One adage says to pray as if it all depends on God and to work as if it all depends on you. We have to be willing to be active participants and our deliverance, and that starts with acknowledging that we have messed up. Theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer said that God would have us to know that we must live as men who manage our lives without him.
if I could come down somebody's row, uh, <laughs> when you want a bank loan, you practically have to have credit that says you don't need said bank loan. Uh, I was watching a video that talked about people trying to make it in entertainment, and they thought that if they could just hand a superstar their demo tape, that they would be the next great thing. But it doesn't work like that. You got to be able to work with what you have, and then God adds on. We have to acknowledge that we have missed the mark. We have not done the things that everything that we are supposed to do. Nobody's perfect, but we ought to be able to work on our own towards our deliverance. I've used this example before, and I'll use it again. I, I notice when I see cars on the side of the road that are broken down, when the hood is just popped up and they're sitting in the car, nobody stops for them. However, if you get out the car and start trying to push the car, more people are willing to come out and help you push that car to safety as if, instead of if you just sat there with it broken down. I, hold an, I heard an old preacher say, I would rather hook my plow up to a donkey that's already going than one that is standing still. We need to acknowledge our own responsibility in the matter, take hold of it and work with it. And once we do that, then we can let God mold us. Uh, when we acknowledge that we have some work to do and then start to do that work, it is much better for us and God doing the work in us. God is the potter. We are the clay. Let those hands shape us. Uh, let the fire burn. Let us come out of the furnace better than we went in. In times of trouble and frustration, this too shall pass, but we'll be able to look back on that troublesome situation with a smile and say, I remember that. That was a wild situation, but if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? These downtimes are not the end times. They are half time. Are you ready to play the rest of the game? And so he, he said, you let God mold you. And then it, it, Isaiah gives another urgent petition in verse 9 where he says, Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are your people. He started it with a direct appeal, a cry out, a prayer, asking for what he wants, and he ended it with what he wants. Uh, he just has to say it one more time. God, I need you to breathe. I need you to come down here and see me. I am nothing without you. I am lost like a ship without a sail. You are our father. We are your children. You, we are family, and we need some help. No problem ending a prayer the same way you started. No problem 
praying for something repeatedly. I got some Bible for that. First Thessalonians 5 and 17 tells us to pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 tells us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Isaiah said it in, 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 in Isaiah 55 where he said to call on the Lord while he's near and seek him while he may be found. Sometimes you got to keep praying. Keep praying and keep praying until times get better. Because even if times don't get better, I guarantee if you keep praying, you'll get better. And know that God may feel like he's absent, but God loves to visit. Uh, God visited Abraham in the form of angels when he sat down for a meal. God visited Jacob and wrestled with him in the middle of the night. God visited Moses on the Mount Sinai in the burning bush and elsewhere. God's presence went through the wilderness with the Israelites in the form of a fire and a cloud. God visited Samuel as a boy, calling him during his sleeping hours. God visited Elijah with a still, small voice. And just like God visited uh, all those people, God can visit you in your times of trouble. And not only did God visit you in your times of trouble, God is still with you and God is still with us. God is with us while they have shelters in place and stay at home orders. God is with us in the quarantine. God is with us with the social distancing. God is going to come close. And if you still feel some frustration with the perceived absence of God, there is a picture I saw online the other day with a quote on it. Mike Tyson was training with Custom Model, and Mike Tyson is in front, and his trainer Custom Model is behind him, and Mike Tyson is looking forward, and the picture said, when you sometimes don't hear God, remember, the teacher is quiet while the students are taking a test. The teacher is quiet while the students are taking the test. The teacher is still there, but watching while the students call back on the things that they learned coming up to the test. It's quiet because we are waiting. It's quiet because we are waiting not only on God, but on our soon coming King, Christ Jesus. Waiting in this Advent season, waiting for Christ blessed arrival, Emmanuel, our soon coming king, son of God, God with us, the Holy One. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.